It's Wednesday, January 24th, 2018. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we have a true treat for you as we get to share some of the content from our most recent storytelling event, an event of of hope that we were able to do in conjunction with Art Stories, a storytelling event found here in Birmingham, Alabama. We had seven storytellers be able to share stories of hope and healing through adoption and orphan care and pregnancy ministry and it was just an awesome night to host here in Birmingham and we hosted that event Friday uh, Friday uh, of the 19th of January and what an encouraging time it was for the body of Christ to come together and so one of those stories was a story uh, from storyteller Tina Chamber Smith she is the author of raising kids on your knees both a book and podcast Uh, Tina had an abortion when she was 17 years old, and she tells a little bit in the story about that abortion and how that made her into the pro-life advocate that she is today, where she now lives in Asheville, North Carolina with her husband and her four kids. So have a treat by listening to Tina Chambers-Smith. My story begins on a road from Southern Virginia to upstate New York at the age of 17. I... um, was moving with my family to upstate New York three days before my senior year of high school. And um, we got up there and got enrolled in school and I met this very handsome man of my dreams. And we started dating and it wasn't long after we began dating that we began sleeping together. And um, shortly after that, we, um, he took me to church and I think it was an Easter Sunday. I started going to church with him, and um, I was at a coffee house one night at that church, and I accepted Christ as my Savior at that um, coffee house. And I knew something had changed in my life, and I would love to stand here and say that, okay, that's great. After that, my life was wonderful, and everything fell in place, but that's not the case. I continued to sleep with my boyfriend, Um, We continue to go to church. We were part of the youth group. We were part of the leadership of the youth group. And um, we just felt like our private life was private and nobody knew what was going on, although we knew it was wrong. I think there were a few times we tried to stop and couldn't. And um, we carried on for a couple years like that until I realized that I had um, missed my period. And I remember being really scared, like, oh, no, this can't be happening. Maybe I'm just late, you know, and it'll start soon or or whatever. And it didn't. And so I did a pregnancy test one morning. And when I did the pregnancy test, it was no doubt that I was pregnant. It turned positive immediately. But I already knew in my heart because I already had the symptoms. I was sick, I didn't feel good, I was tired. I I knew what was going on with my body. So after I did the pregnancy test, I was so scared um, because you see, we kept this all hidden. Nobody knew what was going on in the background. And for me to be pregnant would be so embarrassing and so it, it would just be more than I wanted to bear. And so I called my boyfriend and I told him that I was pregnant 
And we decided at that point the best course of action for us was just to have an abortion, shove it under the carpet, and not think about it anymore. So I did go to... um, I did go to a pregnancy center and had uh, another pregnancy test just to confirm what I already knew. And um, they gave me information and told me where I needed to go. And uh, about a week later, we headed out of town because you don't want to do these things in town. You might be seen. And so we headed an hour out of town. And uh, I remember, I don't remember much about the drive up there. But I do remember walking into that doctor's office and I remember the doctor's office just being cold and dark. And I remember sitting there waiting until my name was called and I went up front and I handed the woman an envelope of money because when you're hiding things like this, you don't leave a paper trail of writing a check. So I gave her my money and the doctor called me back into his office and he pulled out the gestational wheel, which is the wheel they use to tell you how far along you are in your pregnancy. And he determined that I was probably four or five weeks along. And I thought, I remember thinking in my mind, oh good, it's not a baby yet. Like it's just a blob of cells. And I really, I bought that lie that that's all it was. And then I remember him looking at me and saying to me, are you ready? Do you want to go through with this? Do you really want to go through with this? And I, I, what I would give to be able to go back to that moment in time and say no and walk out of that office. But I didn't. I said yes. And they took me down the hallway. And I remember it being a dark hallway. And they took me into the exam room, which was very much like a, a regular gynecological exam room. And um, they handed me the uh your normal gown and told me to you know undress and everything and i did and i I hopped up on the table and um a few people came in the room and they prepped me and told me what was going to happen and they began the procedure and um i remember the sounds and i remember what i saw and it was it probably took less than 20 minutes And I got done, I got off the table, I got dressed, and I walked out of there. And for a moment, I think there was a little bit of relief in that, okay, that was done. I don't have to bear the telling people I'm pregnant and them knowing what I was doing behind the scenes. And we got in the car and headed home, and I do remember the drive back because I remember just looking out the window and seeing, you know, looking at the at the mountains and and stuff. And I remember saying out loud, I don't know how God forgives stuff like this. And um, we went back, we went back home and it was all shoved under the carpet. But what I didn't realize at that moment, what had happened to me was a wound that had cut so deep into my soul. I didn't even feel it. And I didn't even acknowledge it. I didn't even know it existed. And we swept everything under the carpet and we went on with life. And I thought that was the end of it, and it was over. A couple years later, I got married. Um, I got pregnant three years into that marriage and had a beautiful son. But there was always this nagging fear in the back of my mind that I might lose him. Something would happen to him. Because they don't tell you when you have an abortion that you have an irrational fear of losing your children. And so at 12 months, when he was 12 months old, I got pregnant for my second child, a beautiful daughter. And when she was born, it wasn't long after that 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 marriage began to fall apart. 
and it did and my husband and I just decided to split he left and um, my life was down around my ankles so now we're 13 years into this life that I'm living after accepting Christ as my savior and I came to realize that at that moment when I accepted Christ as my savior I did not accept him as the Lord of my life. And I had been sitting on the throne of my life all those years. And all those years I'd paved a path of destruction that was now down around my ankles and my life was in shambles. And here I am, a single mom of two very young children. And so God began working on my life and working in my heart and he began healing me of different things in my life. And I continued going to church and one day when I went to church, I went to a ladies Bible study and at that ladies Bible study that day, they had women from my crisis pregnancy center come in to share their stories with us. And I didn't know they were going to be there and I had parked myself right on the front row of what was going on. And one of the things that they did was show a video of a woman who had chosen abortion and they shadowed her through that procedure and I sat there and I watched it and I watched her walk into that office just like I did and I watched her walk down that hall just like I did and I watched her get on that table and I listened to the sounds and I heard the I heard the sounds that I heard before in my own life and there was no denying what had happened like everything just came flooding back to me and I sat there and I I it was all I could do to hold back tears to just not lose it And as soon as that was over and they were done, I went up front and I grabbed one of these women and I said, I need to talk to you. And she took me into another room and I explained to her what I had done. And she had walked those same halls that I had. So she was compassionate and she was understanding. And I felt like at that point, that wound, I was aware of the wound that had happened 13 years prior. And confession and confessing that to her was a relief of some sort. And it, it felt good to be able to get that out in, in the open and, and tell somebody. And so I continued to go on with my life. It wasn't long after that that I met another man, and he loved my children, and he loved me, and things were moving in a direction of marriage, and the Holy Spirit laid on my heart that you're going to have to tell him about the abortion. And I was scared to death. I figured at that point, that was it. As soon as he knows what I did, it was done. And we were going to, he was going to walk away. Not the fact that I had two children, an ex-husband, an ex-in-laws. That, it, it would be the abortion that was the deal breaker. So I told him I need to talk to him. And um, I had something really important to tell him. And of course, that made him very nervous. And we got together that night. And I sat there and I bawled and cried because I was scared to death of the rejection that I would feel. And I finally was able to just look at him and say, I had an abortion. And he looked at me with almost relief in his face and he said, is that it? And I said, yeah. And he said, you're forgiven. And I, and I think at that point, there was another release from that wound that had been festering and, and just getting um, so infected in my life there was another relief or another release in that and so after that um, we did get married and two years into our marriage um, we uh, found ourselves pregnant and it was also the same time when I had decided to walk through my post-abortion counseling 
Um, nothing makes post-abortion counseling more poignant than when you're pregnant and walking through it at the same time. With that child, I had seven ultrasounds, and I know that that was not a mistake that God allowed that to happen. He was a wiggle worm, so they couldn't see everything that they needed to see. So I had seven ultrasounds, so it was very vivid to me what was inside of me and what was going on. And at that moment, when I began that post-abortion counseling, that's when God did surgery on that wound and began squeezing out and taking out the the pus of shame and guilt and um, all of the things that come along with those choices that we make to have an abortion. And it was a deep, deep cut and the infection was really bad. And so the healing from that was very hard. There's no anesthesia when you're going through that kind of thing. So you feel those feelings very, very deep. Um, the realization of what you've done is very real. And when you have your first Mother's Day, after you've realized what you've done, even though you have three children at that point, it's hard. It's just like first when anybody else is, dies, they're the first or the hardest. And they were hard. But as God began healing me and healing that deep wound in me, um, he applied his grace and his mercy, those salve to that wound, and that wound became um, easier to touch. It wasn't painful as much. Um, it became a scar. And that scar that's left, scar tissue is much stronger than, than real flesh, the regular flesh that was there. And I became stronger and God began working in my heart and, and every day that I walk past that wound, I become stronger and he's redeemed that in my life. And not only has he redeemed that in my life, I've shared this story with all four of the children that he's blessed me with now. And God has used it in their lives. And in particular, um, my third son that I was pregnant for when I went through the post-abortion counseling, um, he's out in college now, and I wrote this and put this on my blog, this story, and he read it, which my kids never read my stuff because I'm mom, and what does mom know anyway? And, but he read that that day, and he was 16 hours away. And he called me, and he said, I read your story, mom. And I said, okay. And none, none of it was new. We had already talked about all of it. But he said, he said the thing in that, that touched me the hardest was the fact that it was my sibling that I lost. And we don't ever, when we make these choices, we never think beyond ourselves and what we're doing. But that was my children's sibling. And he said, it really made me wrestle. But he said, I'm going to church. And that was the very thing God used in his life to turn him around. So not only did God redeem this in my life, he's redeemed it in his and the other three. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing that God has done. So he's gone back to church and God has used it in his life. And I, I was able to look at him when he came home from school and I said, What's so cool about it is this sibling that you didn't know God used in your life to turn you around. And that's what's so cool about that is that even though the sibling doesn't live with us, God's using it.
So, we all walk around with deep wounds. We all walk around. They may not be abortion. They might be rejection. They might be anger. They might be hate. Whatever that is, that deep wound, we need to allow God to enter into that wound and apply. Let him clean it out. Let him deal, deal with those things that are in that wound. And then let him heal that wound in order for us to walk forward in life and be stronger from where we've been. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.